Goes to the back of the end zone, and it is all your latest sports news and commentary, you're listening to the TNT Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Layfield and Torres Finney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a surprise episode, an emergency episode of the TNT Podcast. Um, as always, it's Tyler Layfield. And today, got our special guest, had to get my one of my NBA boys on here, Jackson Caudell. How's it going, Jackson? It's always going good, man. I, I prefer to be referred to as an NBA and daily fantasy sports expert by now. Oh, yeah. So if we store that title up just a little bit, we'll be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For those of you, I, I haven't been able, I haven't told you guys yet on the show, but Jackson has been bringing in the moolah on some DraftKings here recently. I was able to uh, share in the spoils the other day. He was, I was fortunate enough where he would, he sent me three of his lineups. I put in 75 cents, came out with uh, like 44 bucks. So, man, thank you. How, how do you do it? What's the secret? A lot of it's just, you know, making sure you check the injury report and seeing who's going to get minutes. The minutes are the big thing. And, you know, obviously you want players that are getting usage and trying to pick guys that uh, favorable matchups. Like, you know, I made the mistake of picking Jimmy Butler going up against Phoenix. the other, And I was trying to be a little contrarian because the, the field I play in is so large. You kind of got to get some low owned picks in there because if you just go with the guys that everybody owns, exactly. you're going to score like everybody else does. Like when I won big money the other night, you know, Kuzma was low owned. Josh Hart was low owned. So it was, you just got to find the right ownership and make, yeah. make some good decisions, but there's going to be bad nights. I mean, last night was a, a stinker for everybody. Luca. I think. Oh, Luca had to, had to put up a stinker. That's, that's what, Ended up happening with that one. So, fortunately, wasn't able to win anything. At least I wasn't able to win anything. I know Jackson was able to still uh, gain something, so that was good. But uh, the reason we come to you today, this emergency podcast, today was the NBA trade deadline. It ended at three. Of course, um, you know, trades can still go on after three should uh, the two teams be on a call uh, before three hits. So, we had something kind of happened, um, you know, later on after that. But the first trade we had, I know, uh, well, of course, we've had a couple other trades, but the first trade of this deadline really came late last night. It was DeLon Wright for Corey Joseph and two second-round picks. One of the minor ones, because, uh, you know, Jackson was telling me before the show, this is one of the most active ones we probably have ever seen, trade deadline-wise, it feels like. A whole lot of movement, but real small move right here, DeLon Wright for Corey Joseph and two second-round picks. Anything you see here, quick takes. I mean, I kind of – I liked it for the Kings because Corey Joseph's not very – I've watched the Kings play a little bit this year, and they're not very good. Um, and I thought the Long Rides had a solid year on a really, really bad Pistons team. Yeah. I guess they're just trying to open up more room for their young guards. I, I, I really total, don't really get it on the Detroit side, but I think it's yeah. a win for Sacramento, I guess. <laughs> Two second-round picks, I guess, is what they're going for, that draft capital take on, I, I think yeah. – Corey Joseph may be in an expiring contract, so maybe that'll free up some cap space. But DeLon Wright, like you said, he's got some talent. He's done pretty well uh, with opportunities this year. So, yeah, I agree with you there. A good move uh, for the Kings to, you know, help out Swipa and uh, them boys over in Sacramento. Uh, the next trade we had go down. This was the first of two by the Nuggets. The Nuggets get JaVale McGee in exchange for Isaiah Hartenstein and two second-round picks. I'll, I'll start us off with this one here. I really like this deal, man. Um, the as crazy as it, as it is to say, the Nuggets are really missing um, that big presence that they had with Plumlee last year before he signed that big deal with Detroit for God knows what reason. You know, we we were cracking on that that signing from the jump, but 
getting JaVale McGeehan, who has actually had a sneaky good year, like even with low minutes, he's actually put up some good stats, um, playing that good defensive role, catching lobs, you know, doing doing what he's got to do, getting the dirty work done, getting the rebounds and everything down low could really help out Jokic. And what could really be the difference here or what could really, you know, play a big role is if they were to run into the Lakers in the playoffs at some point. Now they have a little bit of an answer. They can kind of run two bigs against AD or should they get Andre Drummond? You know, that could be in the mix. So uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, so, I mean, I was actually talking about uh, JaVale McGee with my dad just the other day. I was I was actually saying I thought the Hawks maybe should look at him because our backup center play with a Congo not really up to speed yet, not mm-hmm. playing big minutes, and just the other bigs have are Nathan Fernando. Knight and Bruno Fernando. And they're, they're, Fernando is horrible. Nathan Knight, I mean, he's an undrafted rookie. I mean, I don't know what you really – he's had some decent performances. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I actually – I really like this for Denver. And I was going to joke with you this morning. I thought that was going to be the big move today. I thought that was all we were going to get today after nah. hearing so much about all this and that. And, I mean, little did I know. But Boy, I think you're wrong. Really nice move. <laughs> yeah. Really nice move for Denver. I mean, I think you had all the points. Yes, yes. So then we get to our first real big trade, and that's the Bulls and the Magic getting together. Bulls uh, getting Nikola, Nikola Vucevic and Alpha Rukamino. Uh, for in exchange for Wendell Carter uh, Jr., Otto Porter, and two first-round picks. I'll let, I'll let you go with your immediate thoughts on this one. This almost made me fall out of my seat this morning. So I'm sitting there, you know, I was looking over some DraftKings stuff and doing a little schoolwork, and you sent that in the group. I'll be honest, I had to make sure like four times that you didn't send me a fake woe yeah. tweet because I was like, there's because it was kind of all it said was Vucevic and Minu to the Bulls. And so it, was, it wasn't like a complete thing. So I was like, no. And he had to put that out there. I think that is a massive win for Chicago. I think Vucevic is one of the most underrated players. I'm not – I'm obviously not saying they're going to be title contenders or anything like that. But I think, you know, you're putting an all-star alongside Zach Levine. I think their pick and roll is going to look really good. Wendell Carter was kind of disappointing. And Otto Porter is just – he just doesn't really fit with their timeline right now. And no. I think I, I've said, I thought for a few years honestly Orlando should have should have blown it up like their team is just really weirdly put together and like yeah. at best they're an eight seed in the East and they they're mildly competitive but they have a ton of injuries it just I like the deal for both sides but I think Chicago's a winner here yeah I, I think that uh, the Magic you know it was it was always said you know leading up to this they're going to try to maximize this you know they're going to try to get as much as they can out of this deal. And I think they were able to do that, you know, getting um, a lottery pick, you know, an old lottery pick in Wendell Carter Jr. He's got some upside there. Now, you know, there's a role there that needs to be filled. They can put him in there, get some experience under him. And Otto Porter, I mean, like you said, I mean, that's just kind of thrown in there, I guess, for salary purposes. Um, But the two first-round picks, that's that's the key right here. They, the, The Magic are, like you said, they're blowing it up. Um, so first round picks, it's gonna, you know, they're, they can do nothing but help. So that was really it for them. Um, I mean, then you look at the Bulls lineup. Now you got Sadoransky and Kobe White at point guard, Zach Levine, Garrett Temple running it at the shooting guard, Patrick Williams and Denzel Valentine, marketing Alpha Rucamino at the power forward. And now Vucevic, and I guess you could say a small ball five and Thaddeus Young um, at the center. Mm-hmm. So Pretty solid little lineup, a little fun, fun group to watch. Somebody, in, you know, in this East, I think they could really make a push. Uh, now they got two all-stars. They got some good role players, some younger guys that could really grow into those roles. Kobe White looks like a really good uh, guy that could grow into a uh, maybe a future six-man of the year. 
Um, and then you got, you know, you, you were really high on this guy. Uh, I know he was in a lot of your DraftKings on us, but Patrick Williams, he's done really good defensively and yep. his transition to the NBA. So that, there's a lot of promise here um, with this, with this Chicago Bulls squad. How high, how high in the East standings do you think they could climb? Like what's the absolute ceiling if they could get rolling? I don't know exactly where they're at right now. Well, you're not going to go past Brooklyn. We all know that. You're not going to go past Milwaukee. You're not going to go past Philadelphia. Um, we're going to get to this team, but you're not going to go past Miami. Um, that's just my opinion. You know, you know how I am. I was already bullish on Miami before the season started, and we'll get yeah. into them a little bit more in a second. But man, they they really upgraded. Um, Charlotte's going to fall now, of course, with the Lamella Ball deal going. I, I don't know, man. I think they can really push at tops. I think they could push five or six seed. I think they could. That, that's it. what I was thinking too. Yeah. So I mean, you'll see. I mean, of course, you got the Knicks and the bunch, the the Hawks. I don't know about Boston, bro. I'm not feeling good about them after today. Um, I say wait. I I still say once they get fully healthy, they have they've only played like a certain amount of minutes. But we'll we'll touch on the Celtics in a little bit because I thought yeah. they made a really oh. today. Yeah, um, but, yeah, speaking of the Celtics, Evan Fournier uh, traded from the Magic. For, was it two second-round picks, I believe? Two second-round yeah, picks I for it? So. I mean, dude, this is nothing but a steal, right? I mean – Oh, 100%. Four, two second-round picks for Fournier. You can put them in there. They they need wing depth. They need guys that can help score and create. This is a perfect fit for Boston. They were able to actually swing a deal. This isn't the home run that they've always been talking about, you know, Every year it was somebody new. Oh, we're going to go for Jimmy Butler. Oh, we're going to go for Anthony Davis. Oh, we're going to go, you know, for for this and that. And it, it never came about. So it is kind of sad that you end up with Evan Fournier. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like you said, if they get healthy, putting a, a good Evan Fournier in the mix, I think this only helps their chances here of maybe uh, winning the East, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I thought th this wasn't the dumb move I was alluding to earlier, but I think that this mm -hmm. was definitely a steal. You know, I don't know that Fournier will start necessarily. I still think it might still be Walker, Smart, uh, Tatum. I don't know. I guess he could. I don't know. He I could. I mean, you, you, I mean, to be honest with you, the way Kimba Walker's been playing, I don't even – you might could t get him off the bench, put Smart at the one, Fournier at the two kind of deal, Jalen, I thought, I thought they, think they might move Smart to the bench. Because I, I, mean, I guess you're Kimba right. Way too much money Kimba, to come off. Kimba's just been, yeah. Kimba's been. Oh, yeah, he's been bad, but I mean, I, he's a he's a knockdown shooter. Um, I mean, doesn't provide much on the defensive end. So mm -hmm. I, I think he makes your team better. I don't think that this is going to help them win the East. Yeah, and you were you were talking about the other trade. Well, let's just go ahead and throw it out there. Um, yeah, Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner from the Bulls, because. That was a trade that happened. So Mo Wagner originally the, earlier in the day, he got him and Troy Brown got traded to for uh, to the Bulls for Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. Quick, just real quick take on that, and then we'll get into the Wagner piece. What do you think? Uh, Daniel Toss was playing good. I really do. I, I, and you know when I say good, you know relative to who. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean doing doing well for them, and I I just I just don't understand it. Yeah, so yeah, he was and playing good. And Wagner gets traded for Tice. So, I mean. I mean, you, you just it don't make much sense, does it? No, that's just what I'm saying. I think Teague got sent somewhere, didn't he? He got sent to Orlando, and he's going to get bought out. Yeah, so he got he ended up actually getting moved with the Fournier deal now that I'm looking at it. Yep, you're right. But, 
I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I, just, I just didn't understand. Like, I'm not saying it's going to kill the team or it's not going to. I just, I definitely think it doesn't, doesn't help. Make which I maybe they were trying to open up more minutes for Robert Williams, the Time Lord. So I guess that's the only thing I can really come up with. I mean, Daniel Tice was, has been a great defender for them. Uh, he mm-hmm. plays really well in that, you know, everything switch everything kind of defense that they like to run. Sometimes he can he can really kind of match up pretty well. I saw a tweet earlier today, had me cracking up, but somebody called him the great value bird man. Yeah. <laughs> they called Daniel Tice. <laughs> I thought that was funny, man. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't understand Bogner for him. I don't, I don't see Bogner. I mean, he could stretch the floor a little bit. I'm just not a big Mo Bogner guy right now. He was, he was a fun college player. Just don't know if that's really going to transition to a good professional career here. No, I, I honestly think now that I'm thinking more about it, I think it's to open up more minutes for Williams. I don't know it's that you see be. much longer. Anyway. Gotta be Thompson and Williams now running the show at the five. Did you think anything of the Troy Brown and Mo Wagner for Daniel Gafford and uh, Chandler Hutchinson before Wagner got thrown in another trade? Uh, no, nah, we we can we've got other stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty much a wash. There, nothing, nothing real big there, right? Um, so then we move on to our next big deal. Orlando was, they were big sellers today. We knew that Aaron Gordon was on the market. He'd already requested a trade. Uh, we just didn't know where, you know, Boston was in the mix. Denver was in the mix. You know, you, you heard all these different teams were running it. You know, some people were saying Portland, um, but ended up being the Denver Nuggets claiming them. Uh, they traded Gary Harris, RJ Hampton in the first round pick. I thought this was a steal for them Gary Harris what hasn't really been playing well for them um he's been kind of hurt here and there the first round pick it's obviously not going to be a great first round pick because they're 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 winning games they're doing good they're drafting well and, and that's really what helped them here because the draft pick of RJ Hampton really sealed this deal to me he they have been drafting so well they've been able to find these late guys RJ Hampton uh you got your guys like Monte Morris PJ Dozier right they, they've been able to snag bowl bowl right <laughs> And now they can kind of capitalize on that. They just take it, – it, it just goes to the strategy of picking the best available. R.J. Hampton at that time was best available, had the highest upside. May not have made sense for them now, but that kind of pick comes into play around trade deadline. Orlando loves trying to trade for these point guards, these guards, you know, because um, they're trying to find that next guy for them. So, uh, to me, Denver wins this one. That – that freaking starting five now. And Gary Clark was actually thrown into it as well, who's a pretty decent four. But now you look at Jamal Murray. You look at, you know, now, now you're throwing in Aaron Gordon. You're throwing in, uh, you know, you got Jokic. You got Michael Porter Jr. Like, it, and Will Barton, you know, probably at the two. It, that doesn't really matter. The four that I named before that, that's just a crazy good lineup, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this is them. I, I thought at some point, you know, Denver's kind of been accumulating these assets. And I still think that they have kind of a big trade piece that I want to see them use. I, I still think you can trade Michael Porter Jr. for bigger pieces because, to me, you know, Jokic and Murray are coming into their primes, and I think if you could use him to get a bigger chip. But I think Aaron Gordon at least solidifies them as – I still think they're contenders in the West. They've been dealing with a ton of injuries. Um, I kind of honestly trust them a little bit more than the Clippers at this point. You know, I, I just – I think it really solidifies their lineup. And I I would push them. I think they can get into that three to four range. You know, they kind of started off the year. They're a little bit behind the pack, but I think they'll finish in the third or fourth seed range. And I think it could be even higher because, I mean, God knows where the Lakers are going to be at. where the Lakers are going to go, that's for sure. Denver's going to be a threat, man. They are – Utah probably stay at the top. Phoenix could get as high as two. But I I really love this move for Denver. I think it's made a ton of sense. 
feels like Aaron Gordon trade rumors have been around for 30 years and now he finally gets traded. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it is, that was a big move for sure. One of the biggest of the day. Uh, you got a couple of little tweener moves that were made. Uh, Nemanja Bialica traded to the Heat. Nothing real big there. Just another role guy for them. George Hill traded to the 76ers, which this came into play because they didn't end up getting Kyle Lowry. Spoiler alert. Uh, but George Hill can come in and help them at the point guard, you know, which they, they kind of need. They need some of these rangy guys that can play, these, these veterans that can help out. Um, so, I mean, anything really to add there? You want to keep flying through those? Uh, I mean, I definitely don't have anything on the B elites to trade. I think I definitely they traded Harkless. They traded Harkless and Chris Silva. The uh, the Heat did to get him. I mean, not big, right? Nothing big there. So when these kind of moves started happening back to back, I honestly, this is when I really started thinking Lowry was going to Miami because I thought they were trying to free up some roster space and trying to like configure a trade, but obviously that didn't wind up happening. And we'll talk about you know who they got later. But um, I guess the question I have is, George, you think George Hill could? He's going to come off the bench, right? Or do you think they could move Simmons down and play the three? Or do you think George Hill starts? I mean, I don't know. I, that's that, that was kind of my question. Because Yeah. Um, I mean, right now, Seth Curry's been playing good for them. He's not going to run the point, though. He's more of they're just two. They were trying to move Danny Green. That didn't ever end up happening. Um, you know, of course, Embiid, Tobias Harris, Simmons, those are like locks. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I, just, he, I thought it was kind of interesting. That, and I, I think it's a good pickup. I mean, I don't know. I thought if they got Lowry, I thought they could become legitimate threats to Brooklyn because I still think the once they get everybody back, I, I just I think it's a you, you can call it quits. I don't think they ha, I don't think they can beat Brooklyn. It's currently constructed. I don't. You don't think Philadelphia could beat Brooklyn? No. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm if not they're gonna... play, if they keep playing the they they're at least playing average defense over the past month. If they play average defense, I don't think there's a chance. I don't There's know, man. Too much, too much I'm, I'm not sold out on them just yet. There's been a real big movement um, in the East for trying to gain some defenders to be able to get in the way. They can still chunk guys at them, in my opinion. Um, you got. I think they have the best chance. I'll say that because I think you could I, put Simmons. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I wouldn't. I think them and them and Milwaukee are back, are neck and neck on that. I think that they could both push. Yeah. It. See, well, just for me is I've put my eggs in the Milwaukee basket before, so I don't know that I'm know. quite there yet. But I know they just they disappointed me before, but you know this will definitely be a discussion come playoff time when we do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got guys. I mean, if you look at it defensively. Brooklyn doesn't have anybody that's going to shut down Joel Embiid. He's a great defensive player anyways. Then you got Ben Simmons, who arguably could be the defensive player of the year. He can get in the way of KD. Then you got Danny Green, decent defender. Tobias Harris is, you know, okay. But then you look at um, Matisse Thibel off the bench. He's a good defender. Kyle Lowry would have been the piece, I, I think, that would have really – That's what I'm saying. They had gotten Kyle Lowry. I yeah. think it would have been – I think they could have been. Well, they they weren't team. willing. It came out later. They weren't willing to get rid of uh, Tyrese Maxey in order to make that deal happen. So, and seeing, I get that. I mean, Lowry's an expiring deal. Who knows if he would have resigned? And you know, mm -hmm. if you don't win the title this year, then you. I mean, Maxey's looked good in limited time, but the thing yeah. is, I guess on the other side of that, they're not a young team pushing to get better, like say maybe Atlanta or Charlotte. Like they they're win now mode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we move on to the next one. The Blazers got in on the action. They traded Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood for Norman Powell. A little bit of surprising, you know, move here. I know Gary Trent and Norman Powell are both going to be free agents coming up this, um, you know, this summer. But I really thought Gary Trent, I thought they were really kind of bought into him. I, he's, he's played really well in that system. 
Um, Norman Powell has been playing great in the role that he's had to take on with people being out all year and things like that. Um, and with the new construction of the Raptors lineup, um, who do you think kind of wins this deal? I actually thought Toronto might have, because I honestly didn't know Norman Powell's, I mean, he's 32, 33. I don't know that this really pushes. I don't know that I, my feelings change. I think it's a good addition for Portland, but I don't know that I think they're pretty good. I don't, I don't throw them up there with the Lakers or the Nuggets or the Clippers or the Jazz or the Suns. I, I still, mm -hmm. I thought it was more getting, you know, younger players like Trent. I mean, Rodney Hood is Rodney Hood, I guess. But, yeah, I, I thought I thought Toronto won this one, to be honest. Yeah, that's it, it ain't bad. Um, they were able to capitalize on it. I like Gary Trent a lot. I think he's going to be, a, um, you know, a good player. He, man, he really made a name for himself in the bubble. He earned himself some money there, and he's played pretty good this season. Um, just to backtrack just a minute, though, the so the George Hill deal ended up being – Sixers getting George Hill – um, the Thunder, it ended up being a three-team deal. The Thunder got Tony Bradley, Austin Rivers, and two second-round picks. Word on the street is Austin Rivers could be a buyout candidate. And then the Knicks got Terrence Ferguson. So a little bit of a different deal there. Um, doesn't change, you know, how I look at it, really. Then we get to a real questionable one. This is one you and I both were, uh, were like, what the – you know, on this one. So, I mean, you yeah. look at we, – we knew that the Clippers were kind of grasping at straws, but I didn't think they were going to get this desperate, bro. They ended up trading Lou Williams and two second-round picks for Rajon Rondo. Um, you know, of course, the same Rondo that made a name for himself, playoff Rondo, you know, in the, in the finals this past year and in the playoffs, he really helped that Lakers team win. One of the unsung heroes, you know, although he didn't win MVP, he was definitely a key piece to them winning it all. But what we have seen this season from Rondo, it's not that same guy, it looks like, right? I mean, he hasn't really done much yeah. for the Hawks. He hasn't really done that role that we thought he would. He hasn't helped Trey Young as much as, or at least from what we see, as we thought he would have, but they get Lou Williams back to his hometown, two second round picks out of it. I don't know, man. I thought the Hawks won this one in a grand slam fashion. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I think they were probably in any trade today, like the obvious clear winner here. And I, I let me start by saying this now, Rondo, I think, you know, being in Atlanta, I think he knows they're not going to win a championship. And I don't know maybe if that – because, you know, Rondo kind of has, you know, moods where he kind of just checks in and out and kind of just depending on how he feels, you don't know what you're going to get really. And going to the Clippers, if playoff Rondo shows up and maybe that some, somehow is the extra piece for them, it could work out. But I can tell you from watching every Hawks game this year, Rondo has been horrible. I mean, yeah. he, he is so – I mean, it used to be, you know, when Rondo couldn't score, well, he's an elite defender. Well, he's one of the worst defenders in the league now, so – and he can't score. Like, he's hit, he's, he has a couple games where he'll get seven, eight points, but there was a three-game stretch where he didn't even shoot the ball. And he didn't – I mean, didn't obviously didn't score. So, maybe it works. To me, it was getting the picks back as well. And Lou Williams, we really needed a spark on the bench. The Hawks did to really get get going. And, obviously, he's been here before. He's a hometown guy, so – I really like this move for them. The bench yeah. has been lacking, like I said. So, I, I think it's a high upside move for Atlanta. And it time. potential high upside for the Clippers, but the floor is extremely low. Like, it's yeah. really low. <laughs> yeah. I'm not they, – they've exhausted all assets, man. They couldn't offer any first-round picks because of the huge haul they had to give up for PG. Um, it's it's they, they All they have is second-round picks left, and they just gave up two of them. <laughs> and you gave up Lou Williams in the yeah. – I mean, not not that Lou Williams – I mean, Lou, Lou hasn't done anything for them come playoffs. So, we'll see if he can change that in Atlanta. Hopefully, he can be a contributor come playoff time. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but I like I like what you said there, man. I think he'll he'll provide a spark off the bench. I like the the move for them a lot. So we get to later on in the day. We still hadn't seen anything happen about this Kyle Lowry, but sure enough, you know, real close to the deadline, we see Victor Oladipo traded to the Miami Heat for the, uh, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk, an absolute steal for the Miami Heat, in my opinion here. I mean, Avery Bradley, he already really wasn't playing. Um, I loved him in, in the, you know, with the Lakers. Maybe he can be a buyout guy that the Lakers can go scoop up because I thought he played really well in limited minutes. If you remember the last game before or the last Clipper game that the Lakers played, um, the Lakers-Clippers game before everything went to pot, you know, with COVID, um, Avery Bradley carried the team just about. Like when it came to scoring points, like dude was hitting all sorts of shots. I thought he fit well with him. But you you trade a guy like him and Olenek, who's an, you know an okay big, you know all right, he can chuck up some questionable shots at times. But for Victor Oladipo with a high upside to add him to what they already have, I thought this was a big time move for the Miami Heat. Yeah, I I kind of get it from Houston's perspective because he was clear he didn't want to be there. So I think mm -hmm. it was kind of let's find what we could do to just get him out of here and maybe open up some more playing time for let's say Kevin Porter Jr., who I think you know they. They're, they're trying to get younger and whatnot. Yeah. I think this potentially could be a very high-ceiling move for Miami. If you get the if you get the Oladipo that's been playing this year, then they're not going anywhere because Oladipo's been bad. I mean, he's not the defender he used to be from a few years ago, and most of that's due to injuries. And I don't know. Some of it, I don't know how much he would, he's been engaged this year, being on the mm -hmm. move so much. Um, and, and, you know, he, he takes a lot of shots. He's a high-usage guy, and I think that could take away from Butler or Adebayo. But, you know, it, it, at his best, he was a third-team All-NBA player just three, four seasons ago. And yeah. then, you know, he's been hurt by injuries. So, it, it's the, – the good thing with Miami is you got guys that weren't really going to be huge contributors for a playoff run, and you kept Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. So, it's – That's the key. We'll see. I, I think the they're – I still think their ceiling's probably the fourth-best team in the East outside of the big three of Brooklyn, uh, Milwaukee. Anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, anything nah. is possible, as Kevin Garnett Brooklyn, would say, man. Brooklyn I mean, and five. <laughs> you, you got – they got to – you have to admit, the depth they have is really nice. I mean, you got – It is. Kendrick Nunn, Dragic, you know, running the point. Um, Hero, Robinson, you know, being your shooters. Now you got Oladipo in the mix. You got Jimmy Butler leading the crew. Adebayo, Andre Iguodala, like the, Trevor Reason now. The list goes on. They've got I, – I don't know, man. Don't doubt – don't doubt. You're not going to want to – you're going to, you're not, because I've said for a little bit, you know, the Hawks and Char I think Charlotte's currently fourth, you know, as odd as that is. Mm -hmm. But I think Miami, I've said Miami or Boston probably will wind up getting those four and five spots because I just think they're in, their talent is just better than, say, Charlotte and Atlanta. They're just top end talent. And I think now that kind of pushes them over the top because Miami's offense at times, even when everybody's been healthy, has been dreadful sometimes. Like, they can go into some serious scoring lapses. Tyler Hero's kind of in a sophomore slump. So, Oladipo can get he, – he shoots a lot. And that can be good if he gets hot, but it can also be bad because it can sink your team. Because, I mean, yeah. on Houston, it was just basically Oladipo iso ball. He looked kind of like Andrew Wiggins on the Timberwolves kind of to me. Yeah. But, um, I think it's a win, and I, you know, Houston didn't want any part of him, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a, it was an interesting trade to say the least. Um, last trade we'll cover here, um, unless you can think of any others. But 
Uh, J.J. Reddick and Nicola Melli traded to the Mavericks in exchange for James Johnson, Wes Owundu, and a second-round pick. Um, I like this deal a lot for the Mavericks. It spaces the floor out. Uh, James Johnson just really – I understand why they got him. It doesn't make much basketball sense, but, that, you know, it, it, he was going to be the bodyguard for Luka. Should Marcus Morris try yeah. to stomp him again or whatever he was doing in the freaking uh, playoffs. But you add J.J. Reddick um, – a shooter that they have badly missed since they've traded away, um, you know, Seth Curry, that that's something they have severely missed is a, is a good shooter. And you get Nicola Melli, another European guy that adds to that, you know, he can, he can spread the floor as well. Um, I like this move a lot for the Mavericks, getting some new blood, some fresh blood in there. They're, they're starting to make a little run here recently. So I like this move a lot. I think this could really help them in the long run. What do you think? Like it, don't love it. I mean, you know, he was supposed to – I'm guessing the reason that they made the move to trade him is because he clearly wasn't going to sign with him if he got bought out. I think the rumors were he was going to go to Brooklyn. Oh, my God. And, you know, or yeah, I, was, I actually saw the Suns in that because he might want to play with Chris Paul again. Yeah, maybe so. And so, you know, I think Dallas felt that they needed to move. You know, I think it's fine. I, You know, my, my opinion of Dallas isn't just drastically different now. I think they'll, they'll be a playoff team and – who knows? I think they could pull it upset, but I, I don't. I don't put Dallas in that upper tier. Whenever things equal, I don't. I don't put Dallas in that upper tier of teams. Understandable. Yeah. So before we close out the show, we had some buyout action happen. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, he has been bought out, and so and Andre Drummond is working on. Apparently, the him and the Cavs are working on a buyout. Um, they're saying that the ultimate landing place for Aldridge is probably going to be Miami just to add to what they already have. What I read out earlier, it's just going to add to it, man. Uh, this is crazy. This is crazy to me. I, I think this would be a, a really not dude. I'm telling you, do not sleep on the Miami heat. They got a great coach. They got some great, they got a great uh, culture. I love the strategies they implement there defensively and everything. Um, I mean, do, do you think he ends up there or what do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all signs of important there. I mean, th this move excites me a lot less because, like, I, Aldridge's issue has been horrible. Like, I mean, and he, he that's my, my thing is, you know, obviously, like, six or seven years ago, you know, Portland, LaMarcus Aldridge, before he left San Antonio, I mean, he was a top 15 player in the NBA probably. I mean, yeah. maybe I'm being a little overdramatic, but that was kind of how I thought of him. Now it's just he's not as good as a shooter as he used to be. He's a major liability on the defense end. He's one of the – and maybe it's just, you know, playing in San Antonio, not being – you know, he's at the age where he wants to kind of win now that he's made his money. So, maybe get to Miami, maybe that kind of reignites him. That I think the Drummond move excites me a little bit more, and I honestly can't believe him saying that because I'm not a big Andre Drummond guy. I think he – generally, I think he hinders your team a little bit more than not because he, he just closes the spacing in your team. You know, he's not an offensive threat other than putbacks. I, but I think the Lakers kind of need him right now. I, they, they, they need him right now. Yeah, so where, where do you think he ultimately ends up? If you had to pick somebody right now, where do you think he goes? Drummond? Yeah. I would say the Lakers. It, to me, it, it, it'll be either the Lakers or the Nets. I hope so, man. Uh, that's – I mean, right now, I mean, the latest I saw um, was Drummond is – kind of centering around uh, the Lakers and the Knicks, which I don't really quite understand the Knicks 
um, option there. I mean, you got what Mitchell Robinson, Noel. Mitchell Robinson played well. I, I know. Um, you got, of course, Julius Randle that about that you know chew into his time. Obi Toppin, you know, the guy that you just drafted, what top ten? You know, I, I and don't, he plays like ten minutes. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just like saying, the like, Knicks, like that. It's a Tom Thibodeau thing. Like he, one of the main reasons, you know, just to pivot back to DraftKings, one of the main reasons Julius Randle's always a great pick is that man's playing forty minutes. Like mm-hmm. Thibodeau runs his starters into the absolute ground. Like he just does that. So. He just likes veteran players, you know. That's why every time he goes somewhere, he trades for Derrick Rose. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, you know, I just don't understand what Drummond does. Mitchell Robinson, like he's obviously not an elite player, but he's solid he's for me. He's getting back from injury, high upside. That's what I'm saying. Is just I would rather those minutes go to him and develop. You know, R.J. Barrett's taking a bit of a step this year because oh, yeah. you've let Bear up, and maybe Obi Toppin's not good. I wasn't a big, you know, if you go back to our draft episode, I was not an Obi Toppin fan. Yeah. You know, they passed on Halliburton for him, and that's kind of oh, looking yeah, – question. Yeah, Hawks did too, so I can't say anything. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would not – and I wouldn't understand the move on Drummond's part unless he was just getting a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were just looking for some money, because if you're wanting to win at this point, go to the Lakers. No questions asked. Yeah. Well, they're saying the reason behind it – and, you know, we'll wrap up the show here in a second. But um, – Andre Drummond, they're saying the reason behind, you know, they're saying he's in L.A. right now. That's what reports were saying, what, like yesterday. Um, he really is intrigued by what they can offer them being the Lakers, you know, offering him a starting spot. He's, you know, this is a contract year for him. Like this summer, he'll be a free agent. So if he can show off what he has, maybe he can earn himself another big deal. Probably not as quite as big as what he got, you know, what he's still living off of right now. But, um, you know, he can play for a good team. They're going to start him. I'd love this if they can get him, man. Because right now with AD out and LeBron, he can kind of be that go-to there for a minute there uh, for him. Add him to the mix. And like I said, maybe an Avery Bradley. And this this comes away with a dub, I think, for the Lakers. And even though they didn't make any trades, making moves like that, I feel like would be very good for them. They just didn't – they had more assets than the Clippers, I'll say. But it wasn't like the Lakers were just – you know, they spent all their – they spent all their stuff, you know, getting Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and making moves, you know. Kuzma's fine, I guess. You know, I, I, I'm not a Kuzma guy. And I, from what it sounds like, they were not really willing to part with Taylor Horton Tucker. So they, they just, and they have, they have zero picks, at least what I remember. So yeah, um, I think I, you know, Drummond seemed like he, it seemed like he was off that deal for like ten years. It seems like he was living off of it for like, it seems like he was signed for forever and just going different places. You know, he's at Detroit and then Cleveland and. Mm-hmm. you know whatever that's why i'm saying you know you've got your money go try to chase the championship yeah yeah and then and then last thing i'll say about drummond i will say this and not even just putbacks i know you said he's really good at putbacks but that man has extended his range he was going off earlier this year he was able to actually hit threes make different shots i'm being for real he, he actually if you go back and look jackson man was shooting a good clip from three so, i will yeah. i don't know pick and pop pick and roll I don't know. He's going to help out. All right, if you had to bet over or under three and a half threes in the playoffs for Andre Drummond, how I many he made? It would have to be under. <laughs> it would have to be under. I don't know. Three, three and a half is still a good bet. That's, that's what I thought. I know. I know. But he was still shooting. Like, I mean, but he can make them, though. Like, it's not like, uh, hey, Montrez, go out there and take a three for me. Well, I know Montrez can't shoot. That's so. what I'm saying. So, at least he is capable of it. And I don't know if you know this, but he's actually really good at half court shots. Maybe that'll that maybe that'll <laughs> win a game or something. Well, but, Luke Kennard is too. He single handedly slaughtered the Hawks the other night. Oh so. my god! 
It's good to see him. Don't even get started there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jackson, I think we're going to wrap it up here, man. Any Anything – how's it been going? You've been writing any more uh, articles here recently that the viewers can uh, look at? Actually, no. It's kind of been mostly schoolwork. You know, spring – I did a little – some intros to spring ball. I kind of looked at Miami, USC, Georgia, Alabama, okay. LSU a little bit. Just trying to, you know, intros into spring practice. You know, mainly – I mainly cover college football, even though I'm an NBA insider. So – and, you know – it's kind of a quiet time for me right now. I'm kind of almost at the finish line this semester with school, so nothing really new. Any, any draft stuff maybe coming up this coming up month? Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to get some prospect profiles out. I okay. I can't promise anything because my workload is pretty heavy right now. Yeah, well, y'all show him some love when if and when he does that. We'll be uh, you know, I'll be sharing it on my account. I know that for sure. We'll probably have to share that around. You know, so if you guys get the chance, take a look at some of him. He does great work. So. Uh, with that being said, Jackson, thank you so much for joining the show today on this emergency episode. I uh, appreciate it. Any last thing from you? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. There we go. We got a hey, Nate McMillan boy. He's he, Nate, Nate McMillan. That's right. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, continue to show that support. Give us a follow over there on Twitter at the TNT Podcast or on Instagram at TT underscore podcast. And show us that support really anywhere you can listen to us. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, you, you name it. We're there. So without further ado, guys, uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.